interesting. Hallelujah. God is interesting, isn't he? Yes, he is. Well, um, the most. Yes, the most. The most. <laughs> we're going to go somewhere along this path we're here. And we're going to talk about divine healing. And even more importantly, important than divine healing, divine health. And then even more important than that, living in divine health on every level. Amen? Amen. Now, we're going to come at it from the perspective of righteousness. In other words, it's going to be through or via righteousness. And in the process, since the righteousness is only available because of the sacrifice. Is that right? It was because Jesus was made to be sin for us that we are made the righteousness of God in Christ. It says in um, Romans chapter 8, sorry, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And we know that gospel is what Corinthians call the, the preaching of the cross. Amen? But in another place it's called Christ crucified. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the, the message of Christ crucified. I'm not ashamed of the, the, the power of the cross. I'm not ashamed of the, of the sacrifice because it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God that produces salvation. Now, salvation is not just being born again. It is being made whole. It is healing. It is, it is, it is prosperity. It is deliverance. It's soundness of mind. It is absolute freedom. Salvation is where God lives. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is absolute, total, complete freedom. Amen? Paul referred to in Hebrews chapter um, 2 and I think verse 3, somewhere in there, when he speaks about what, what a great salvation. Amen? And then he says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So, but anyway, going back to Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation, healing, wholeness. Why? Because therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, let me, um, let me for a moment just take the righteousness of God up, up to another level just for a little bit. Amen? And then we'll circle around back, so to speak. But bear with me. <laughs> In the book of um, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, I, 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 I almost kind of like, <laughs> I almost kind of almost need to not turn to scriptures so as to get to flow through this. You know what I mean? Just so as not to interrupt the flow and, and, and so that I can, what, what I believe needs to be said could be said. Anyway, in Hebrews chapter 2, and I'm reading from verse 6, you're familiar with it. One in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that you would visit him. You made him a little lord and angels, which we know means a little lord and yourself. And you crowned him with glory, with honor. And you did set him above the works. You set him over the works of your hand. Now, as I said, righteousness is this oneness with God. At the end of the day, 
we can branch off into various comprehensions, you know, authority, this, that, and the other. That's all good. But righteousness, the very core essence of righteousness is oneness with God. Now, if I were to go back to, and, I th and it seems like I've been, it's been coming up a little bit more, <laughs> but in, 19, in, the in the 1980s, okay, sorry, <laughs> in the 1980s, the Lord spoke to me about righteousness back then. And, and I, even though I teach and I say a lot about righteousness, I almost never ever say this. I rarely say this. And if I do, it's generally not on record. <laughs> right? It's normally in private conversations and so on. And it's this. But it's about the third or fourth time it seemed to have come up recently. So maybe it's time to start getting out there with it too. But back in the 80s, when the Lord spoke to me, he said this to me about righteousness. He said about being righteousness is being right even as God is right. Right even as God is right. Amen. Now I'm not telling you to go out here and go sharing this off the bat, okay? But nevertheless, obviously, and, and, and I mean, over the years, for some reason, I, I, even when I accept it and I could see it and so on, I just could never be able to really talk about it. But nevertheless. So here, it, 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 is, it is, that's why it's called being founded. Paul says, I, 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 I want to be founded in him, not having my own righteousness, but his. I want to be found in him. Paul says, I, 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 don't, I don't count my life dear unto myself. As far as I'm concerned, I'm crucified. I don't even exist. And it is not me that living here, but it's Christ. And this life I live is his life. And I live it by the faith of the Son of God. And I'm telling you, and I'm paraphrasing Galatians 2, 20 and 21. And I'm telling you, this, this it not being me, but it being Christ living in me, this didn't come by works of the law. This didn't come by anything based on my performance. Because if it did, then Jesus died in vain. It came because of Jesus' crucifixion. Right? And he called that not being him, but Christ in him. He called it righteousness. He said this righteousness was not by the law. Because if it was, then Jesus died in vain. He called the fact that it's not him, but it's Christ in him, righteousness. So the essence of righteousness is this oneness with God. So much one in God that your life is so hidden with Christ in God, so that you are so lost in him. And God, the challenge for us is to be lost in him. Mm -hmm. Amen? And not keep peeking out. Right? <laughs> not keep getting into the I and the me. So and when we are totally lost in him, where it's not us, but it's him, then what happened is this thing goes to another level. As he said, he has made man to be, to have, to have, to be over the works of his hand. You put, back it up to verse 5. For unto the angels had he not put in subjection the world to come. He put the world to come, Okay. That's still out there in the future. In subjection to man. And he gave man, put man over all the works of his hands. This is what the Bible says. 
You put all things in subjection underneath his feet. It is not by chance that Jesus is the head and we are the body and we are one. Now you see, this oneness is so immeasurable, is so awesome that it is just, it is just so infinite. It is so, and it's so perfect. And, and the thing is, when we're going to, to learn to walk in righteousness, one of the things we're going to have to do is we have got to reckon ourselves dead. Amen? We really have to reckon ourselves dead and let the Spirit of God help us. But now, this oneness is so immense <laughs> that God is like, you know, God brought us into his affairs. What do I mean by that? God and the devil had a fight way back then. The devil got kicked out. Hallelujah. Amen. And when the devil got kicked out and he took one third of the angels, God says, I'm not done with you yet. I could crush you right now and, 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 and totally annihilate you. But I'm not going to do that. But it will be done. Man is going to come on the scene. And you are going to be bruised underneath his feet. So what happened? And this was long before Adam came on the scene. That war took place before we got here. So what happened? Adam came on the scene. The devil did his thing. And God's plan was man was going to do that. So what happened is that now we are brought into God's affairs. We are brought, being brought God into his battle. That's the reason why as we proceed, the battle is the Lord's. Amen? Now that's going to become very important in righteousness. Because in awakening to righteousness and learning to live in divine health, we must desire healing to flow in every cell of my body for not any trace of sickness or disease to be anywhere in the inside of me because this is the temple of God and God is to be glorified in my body. Not so that I can be more comfortable watching TV. Amen? Now God loves me and God wants me to be comfortable. But as far as God is concerned, don't you, I mean, you don't even have to focus on that. You just let that divine nature that I've put on the inside of you become manifested and you will be fine. I've given you all of these preciouses that by these you might draw out that divine nature. Amen? It is, the, it is the Gentiles that are concerned about what they eat and what they drink and what they wear and how they feel and all of those other things. They're the ones that are pursuing that, but not us. We simply go after the righteousness of God. We seek after the kingdom of God and righteousness. And God says, and you do need these things. And you're going to have all these things. These things are going to be added on to you. But not by pursuing them. But by pursuing righteousness. Amen? Pursuing functioning in oneness with me. That's how it's going to happen. And healing, all the divine healing is so connected up to righteousness. Which quite frankly, it has to be. It could not have been another way. And I'll tell you why. Because righteousness is only because of the sacrifice of Christ. Is it not? Yes. Now, the sacrifice of Christ is the absolute foundation of Christianity. It is the foundation of our life. Now, can you imagine if this is the foundation and you're going to build some stuff on it and it's not connected to the foundation? It's just going to float around? Mm -hmm. 
Amen? So then, righteousness, because the foundation is the sacrifice, righteousness comes out of the sacrifice, righteousness has to be connected to the sacrifice. And healing is connected to righteousness, it has to be connected to the, to the sacrifice. Anything and everything in our Christian life has got to be connected up to the sacrifice or it's not properly connected to the foundation and it cannot stand. Amen? So, when we study out righteousness all over the place, we will keep seeing healing everywhere. For instance, we, all, we, we, we often say, um, by straps I'm healed, do we not? Yes. And that's good. But let's, let's uh, um, and you can check it out in your Bible, but in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, listen to what it actually says. It says, being dead to sins, right, that we might live unto what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Oh, and by whose stripes you are healed. Yeah. As if it's just, just, just by the way, this just comes along. Live unto righteousness and oh, by his stripes, oh, you're healed. You were healed. This just comes along. Think about it. So connected up with healing. The Bible says in, uh, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 2, that righteousness delivers from death. Righteousness delivers from death. Now, sickness and disease is death in slow motion. Amen? Mm -hmm. And if you speed it up, what happens? <laughs> 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 sickness and disease is death in slow motion. Right? So we want to cut it out, stop it. You don't want to speed it up anyway. But again, righteousness is connected up with divine health. Always. Look at, I mean, think about this scripture for a moment. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. Unto them that fear my name will the S-U-N, which means glory, which means majesty, which means beams of light, shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. In other words, here, right, righteousness shows up and righteousness is just spewing out these beams of healing virtue coming out of it. Sons of righteousness. Right? And healing is, in the, is in, the, in the beams of the light and glory that is coming out of it. And the devil shall, and it shall be ashes underneath the soul, your feet, something like that. You get my point? Connected up with healing again. Going back again. Back, I'm just showing you righteousness, healing, righteousness, healing, righteousness, healing. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. Um, that the body is dead, as the body is dead because of sin. So your spirit, so the spirit is life. Life, the life of God. Life, that includes divine health and wholeness. Your spirit is life because of righteousness. Because of that oneness with the healer and his health. Amen? Your spirit is pregnant with divine health. Well, we should have known that anyway because you say blessed with every spiritual blessing. And I don't know about you, but divine health is a, good, is a, is a spiritual blessing, wouldn't you say? Yes. But even if we didn't know that, that scripture says your spirit is pregnant, is life, is healing, is health because of righteousness. That's Romans 8 verse 10. And then Romans 8 verse 11 says, And if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ in the dead will also what? Quicken. 
Make alive your mortal body. How come? Because you got all that divine healing and health inside your spirit. And all that needs to happen is for the Holy Ghost to get that divine healing in your spirit and pull it out of there and distribute it through your body wherever you need it. And you'll be healed. Right? Alive unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. The Spirit of God does that. Because of all that divine healing and health on the inside, that's the reason why the Bible can says, hey, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Work out. Work it out. Draw it out with fear and trembling. Draw out your healing with fear and trembling. Psalms 85 and verse 9. Draw it out with what? Right? Draw it out with fear and trembling. And that's not being scared and trembling in that sense. It's talking about the fear of the Lord. That's right. Amen. Unto them that fear my name will the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Psalms 85 and verse 9 says, Surely his salvation is near them that fear him. That glory may dwell in the land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. In other words, salvation is right there. Deliverance is right near to what? To the fear of the Lord. Why? Because the fear of the Lord will hook you up with, right, with righteousness. Amen? Unto them I fear that fear is named. Will the son of righteousness arise? Amen? And again, Philippians 2 verse 12. Um, um, out of your belly. What, what does it say? Not out of your belly. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm just pointing out something. This connection between righteousness and healing. Ephesians chapter 5. You know, we think about Jesus as the savior of your spirit and of your soul. He's the bishop of your soul. But let me ask you something. Could he also be the savior of your body? Hmm? Well, Ephesians 5 and verse 23 says, For as the husband is head of the wife, even, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. He's the Savior of the body. Right? And it's talking about this body. Because it's going to go on and say, so ought men to love their wives as their own body. So he's the savior of the body. So Jesus is the savior of my body. And he's a great savior. Right? And then it goes on to say, and it begins to expound some more. And it goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 30. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. That's in Ephesians 5 verse 30. Pork whiteness, Ephesians 5 verse 23, that says he's savior of the body. Can you see? That's oneness. In other words, his body is healed, is it? Yes. Right? Well, I'm a member of his body. Mine got to be healed too. Amen. 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 We can't have his body infected with mine. Mine, one of the two got to give. Yeah. And, it's not, and therefore, this got to be healed. That oneness. This reality of this oneness. Hallelujah. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10. It says always, Paul says always. 
How when? How often is always? Always. <laughs> he says always bearing about in the body while I'm here, living in this body, living on this earth. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Always bearing about, always living in this place of identification with his death. That his body, that with his death. Why? Because you see, that body is what bore the sicknesses and carried the infirmity. That body took my, my sicknesses, carried mine from these, because my body, I was in him when he was crucified. Amen? That's what communion is about, is it not? Yeah. Communion says that we are that when we take this bread, we are partakers of his body. Isn't that right? Yes. And then it says that when we take the blood, we are partakers of the blood, and this is the new covenant. Communion in itself, common union, is a demonstration, literally, of that oneness, which is the essence of righteousness. And it says in that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that when people do not discern that, and they don't discern and they partake of that body in ignorance and they partake of, that, of, of, um, of the blood, not having the knowledge of, of this oneness that we are proclaiming, what happened? They deny themselves the healing power that ought to be flowing, and as a result, they still end up, end up sick. Some sleep, which means some even die. Amen? Amen. All right? Why? Because they didn't recognize this oneness that they're celebrating. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 53 and, and the whole passage. He, says, he said, um, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. You can't be in this oneness with me. Did he say that? And then he says, my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. I know, I know it's, it sounds a little bit cannibalistic. But that's not what he was, he was talking spiritual. He was talking about this oneness. What I'm saying, I'm simply saying that the reality and the revelation of righteousness, which is the, in essence this oneness with God, is where the secret not only to be healed, but also the secret to live in divine health. Amen? Living in that place where your spirit is continually pregnant with divine health. It is. You can't drain it out. Amen? It doesn't leak. Your spirit don't leak. You know why it don't leak? You know why it doesn't leak? It's sealed, it's sealed with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen? Is, is that scriptural? Yes. So any time of the day or night, even when you've been good, when you've been bad, your spirit's still pregnant with divine health. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Wow. Jesus. So it's just a matter of how do I keep that stuff flowing? Yeah. We'll come back to that, but I'll throw this in here anyway. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. By the way, Romans chapter 8 verse 2 comes before Romans chapter 8 verse 10. It says the spirit is pregnant with divine, with divine health. In verse 11, the same spirit raised the Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Sorry for talking so fast. Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says the law of the spirit of that life that is in Christ Jesus makes you free from the law of sin and yeah. right sickness and slow motion speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, makes you the law of the spirit of life in Christ makes you free from the law of sin and death, and I like to add sickness and disease. So if you could keep that law working, and you could keep that law and that spirit of life flowing, 
Shouldn't that be enough to keep you in divine health? Yes. Amen. We'll come back to that. But anyway, so Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, he says, always bearing about in my body, always having this consciousness and this awareness that all in my body, bear about in my body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Paul says, I do not lose sight of the fact that when Jesus died, I died. I don't lose sight of the fact that I was in him. Know ye not that of many of you that have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. And that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too are raised up and therefore we ought to walk in newness of life. We ought to walk as those have been raised up. We ought to live in resurrection life. Paul says, this is how I think. This is how I am. And he says, look here. I fight, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And he said in another place, and I was always faithful to that heavenly vision. I was always faithful to what the Lord called me to and what the Lord showed me. And what the Lord showed me, I'll tell you something about it. What I got from the Lord when he showed me that Christ, the life and the person of Christ must be revealed in me and through me. Galatians 1, 15 and 16. He says, I didn't consult with flesh and blood. Meaning I didn't go up to Jerusalem and talk to Peter and James and John to see what they think. But I didn't even consult with my own flesh to see, well, what, does, what do I think? Paul says, I, don't, I mean, what do I think? What do I have to do with it? My thinking, I'm, I mean, God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I has not seen nor has ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. But God reveals them unto us by his spirit. So how am I going to take my peewee brain and thinking and try to diagnose and figure God out. No, I'm not going to do that. Let God be true and every man including myself a liar. So that I could be justified when I am judged. So Paul says I didn't consult with flesh and blood. I didn't go into my reason box. He says look even when I come here to, to New Corinthians church. I didn't come to you with enticing words with man wisdom. I didn't try to come and impress you with my eloquent speech. I didn't come with any of that. You know why? Because for one thing, I don't, I'm not here to impress you with words. I, want you to, I don't want your faith to stand in the wisdom of men and intellect. I want your faith to be in the power of God. And the, the word of God is the power of God. Christ crucified is the power of God. The word of, of righteousness is the power of God. The declaration of the cross is the power of God. So Paul says, all I'm concerned about, all I want to know, and all I'm determined to know is Christ and him crucified. I just want to see evidence that you've been crucified with Christ and the life that you're now living is the life of Christ. Because as for me, that's how it is. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And, and, and I, he says, I fought a good fight and I have kept the faith. I have kept myself in this place where I am convinced, convicted, and confident in the sacrifice of Christ. I've kept myself there. And even though temptation might come, people would try to get me out of there, but I refuse to. I mean, one time they're telling me, if I go up to Jerusalem, they're going to bind me up. I mean, prophet is showing up and taking his off his belt and tying up my hand and, and all of this stuff and telling me this is what's going to happen to me. I want to end up in Jerusalem. They're going to throw you in jail, buddy. And man, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I said, what, are you, what are you trying to do? Why are you trying to scare me with all this stuff? Hey, 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 stop. I am bound by the Spirit of God to go wherever he takes me. Because, and that's Acts 24, 22 maybe, I'm not sure. But Acts, no. Anyway, Acts 20 verse 24, however. Oh, that's 2022. 20, Acts 20, 24 says this. Paul says, look here. 
It's like if Paul says, hey, hey, hey. Okay. I hear the prophecies. I, I heard the prophecies. Okay? But my life is not directed by that. Wait a minute. Let me tell you something right now. He says, look here. I do not count my life dear unto myself. And because I don't count my life dear unto myself, so that I can finish and complete, I'm not quoting this correctly, so let me do it. Right? He says, I do not count my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy. Let me back up here. Okay, he says, none of these things move me. All these stories and all of this tying of bells and all these prophecies, and I'm not saying those prophecies are not of God. He's just saying that, look here, these things don't move me. Why? I do not count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. If I count my life dear unto myself, I will not be able to continue this race with joy. Because you see, if I count my life dear unto myself and I am my own focus, it will steal my joy. Because my eyes would be on me. And if my eyes are on me, I'm in trouble. I need to look on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. My joy is not coming from me and who I am. My joy is not coming from me. My joy is coming from him. My joy is coming from my spirit man where I have that deposit of the Holy Ghost and the fruits of the spirit. My joy comes from his presence. Amen? My joy is not coming from me. So he says, look here. I do not count my life dear unto myself. So what you're saying, don't bother me. Now this is really, I mean, but Paul, they could kill you. Remember the last time when they stoned you? That hurt, didn't it? <laughs> but Paul says, wait a minute here. You got to understand something. I am the righteousness of God. And because I'm the righteousness of God, you know what it means? It means I'm justified. And because I'm justified, you know what that means? It means I am, to, for me to live in justification, I must live as if sin has never been. And if sin has never been, which would mean before sin ever was, which would mean I'm going back to, 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 to the garden before there was any fall, I mean, there is no knowledge of death. What are you talking about? There is no knowledge of death within my thinking. I, can't, I mean, I have the life of Christ. And the life of Christ, as the life of Christ is unveiled, and he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, life and immortality is brought to light through the gospel. 2 Timothy 1, verse 10. Light and immortality, immunity to death, is brought to light. It comes to the surface. It becomes revealed. Light and immortality is brought to life through the gospel. What's the gospel, Paul? It's the sacrifice. What's the gospel, Paul? It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. So death is not in my thinking. I am awake to righteousness. I am so consumed with my right standing with God and this place of justification. I don't want to be found anywhere else. I just want to be found in him, having his righteousness. And because that is my mindset, this stuff, it just doesn't move me. 
The fact that this and that may have happened. I'm not even listening to what happened when I was stoned or whatever else. That is not the voice that I'm listening to. The only voice that I listen to is the voice of the master. I silence all of those voices by the virtue of the sacrifice. My identification is not the man who was stoned. <laughs> My identification is not the man that used, to, uh, um, that used to go after the Christians to throw them in jail. My identification is not, is, is not the fact that I was this hot, hot, short rabbi. My identification is not in the fact that I was abused as a little child. My identification is not in the fact that I've had a terrible divorce and I've been married four or five times and this other one that I'm with is not even... That's not my identification. I am born out of the sacrifice of Christ. And by that one offering and that one sacrifice... I have been perfected forever. I'm a product of the sacrifice of Christ. That is my identification. I'm an offspring of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm an heir of God. I'm his workmanship. I'm in his image. I am, I'm the, I am in his image. I'm complete and I'm entire in him. And I don't need nothing outside of him. And nothing outside of him identifies me. Not my history. My history does not dictate to me. Because I'm the righteousness of God. And by that sacrifice, there is no history. All things have passed away. But Paul, that only happened a few weeks ago. Well, that's history. And all it is right now is his story. That's it. Are you with me? Yes. So Paul says, I count not my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy. With joy. Which tells me that if I were to study joy out, that part of the, 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 that in order for me to walk in the joy of the Lord, I have got to be crucified to me. I have got the reality that I'm crucified got to become real. I got to work that in there. Amen? Are you, are you with me? That I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I've received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Can you see that? Amen? But you see, this is coming from where? It's coming from this awesome magnificence of the righteousness. That righteousness that is not impeded by history. That righteousness that, is not a, that doesn't have a knowledge or any kind of fear of death. How can it? Righteousness delivers from death. Amen? Life and immortality is brought to life by the revelation of Christ in you. How are you going to die? You already died with Christ. All you're going to do is shift planets. Amen? Are you with me? Seriously? Okay, no. Okay. So, what are we saying here? We are saying that this whole issue of divine health, where is it coming from? It's coming from the revelation of righteousness. It's coming from this oneness that you have with him. And it's all over the place. All right? It's, all, it's in Romans. It's, in, it's all over the place. Oh, I didn't finish 2 Corinthians chapter 4, did I? No, we didn't finish that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. So Paul says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Always bearing about. In the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hele bekura kasakadaba. Leketo bore menanama. The reason it is so important, like what Paul said, it sounds like a little thing, but it's a big thing. When he says, I counted my life dear unto myself, it's huge. Because you see, that there in itself is a key to abiding in this righteousness. Because ultimately, if you're going to be one with him, then it's no longer you but him. Amen? Therefore, you, your agenda, your will, your desire, all those things cease to exist. It, it cease to exist even to the extreme point that it says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. Whatsoever you do. What is whatsoever you do? Anything? <laughs> whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen? Amen? That's, that's, that's like wild. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. Heartly is unto the Lord, not as unto man, knowing that from the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Amen? And healing is part of that inheritance. Yes. Paul says in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, how that when God called him to go and to set the people free and so on and so forth, and, and, that, and, that, they might, and that they might by faith receive their inheritance. You get the inheritance of which healing is a part. You were born again to that inheritance by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 1 verse 3. But part of that inheritance is healing, and he says it is by, it is by faith that you get that, that you're able to receive your inheritance by faith. Which means what? Confidence in the sacrifice. Amen? But anytime you hear, anytime you talk confidence in the sacrifice, righteousness is sparked right next to it. Amen? So then that, that again hooks you right up with your inheritance, hooks you right up with your healing. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. So always bearing out in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. What for? So that the life, the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in my body. Now, again, for the sake of learning and also digesting, because sometimes when you break it down, you chew it easier. You know that? Yeah. You ever notice that? Yeah. If it's too big, you can choke on it. Right. right? So, break it down a little. <laughs> Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Christ might be made manifest. Let's put it this way. That the life also of Christ might be experienced. You want to experience the life of Christ? And that's not only life of Christ in your body. Will you want to experience the life of Christ in your body? you got a right to it. You are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. And he's the savior of your body. Ephesians 5.23, Ephesians 5.30. So you've got a right to this. And you see, whenever, again, with righteousness... You've got rights. Right with God. The same rights as God. Right even as God is right. One with him. Do you think God would have a total right to divine healing and health? Yes. What do you think? Yes. Do you think Jesus would? Yes. Well, why do you think you have any rights at all? Isn't it because of Jesus? Yes. <laughs> yeah. really, I mean, what service should ask in my name? The Father will give it to you. Why? Because of the name of Jesus. In other words, if God will do it for Jesus, he'll do it for you. Amen. And that's the only reason. Yes. Amen? Amen? So if you can say that this is how it would be for Jesus, 
and you and, and this this righteousness awakening is there, then you have to also say, as he is, so am I in this world. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. So then you can see that you have a total, complete right for the life of Christ to be made manifest in your flesh. In this physical body. I'm not being spiritual. This is not spiritual. The next verse says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Just in case you thought it was being spiritual. It added on mortal. Does that, does that, does that help? That's divine health right there. Amen? Amen. That's divine health right there. Hallelujah. But this walking, this righteousness, and this, this righteousness, there's a part of the righteousness that says, because of this oneness, it's no longer you, it's him. And you got to think that way. You got to talk that way. You got to deal with the devil that way. You see, the Bible says, it is by faith we stand. Which means what? By confidence in the sacrifice, that's how you stand. You shift your confidence where the sacrifice is concerned, and you can't stand anymore. You shift from the fact that you were crucified with him, you were buried with him, you were raised up with him, you are seated at the right hand with him, you have been washed by his blood, free from guilt, condemnation, fear, insecurity, and so on. You shift from the authority in the name of Jesus. You shift from the reality of the life of Christ in you. You shift from the rights and privilege that you have as a son of God and what God has said about you. You shift from those things. You're no longer operating with confidence in the sacrifice. And it is faith in the sacrifice, confidence in the sacrifice by which you stand. Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The Bible says, put on the whole arm of God, and having done all to what? Stand. stand. Why are you putting on the whole arm of God? What for? So you could look like Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So that that man on the inside, the hidden man of the heart, the inner man that is created in righteousness and true holiness, that you might put him on. That's why you try to bring him to the outside. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So there is a divine healing scripture. Now, let me see. Where, we, where do we go here now? Oh, yeah. Well, let's go to Ephesians, Philippians chapter 3. I, I, I just want you to see this. It's available. It's available. Now, the only thing that stands between you and divine health is your soul. It's not a sickness in your body. That's easy. You could take care of that. If you could get your soul and your spirit in agreement, and the two of them agree is touching anything, the body has no choice. So the problem is not in your body. It's in your soul. That is the reason why 3 John 2, I think it is, says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be what? In health. In health. How? Even as your soul soul prosper. Even as your mind, your will, and your emotions prosper. Amen? And that prosperity of your soul really is to say, even as your soul comes underneath the dominion of the Holy Ghost and of the Word of God, and of the blood of the Lord Jesus, and of the very sacrifice of Christ. Amen? So it becomes necessary to possess your soul. 
It becomes necessary to possess your soul. Bring it under the dominion of the word of God. Now how do you do that? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, it says in um, James 1 verse 19, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Get a hold of the word of God. Get a hold of the knowledge of who you are. Get a hold of what we're talking about and meditate on it. Mutter it. Mutter it going to sleep. You know, one of the best things you can ever confess is to go to sleep and wake up saying, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God. Oh, praise you, Father. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. And as you know more, add more. I'm the righteousness of God, free from condemnation. Thank you, Lord. There is no such thing as, as being unworthy. Oh, I'm the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God. I've got rights. I'm a son of God. I've got rights. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm a righteousness of God. Oh, the blood has washed me clean. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I got a right to this. Just, just to say I'm the righteousness of God, I'm justified, just as if sin has never been. I'm the right, just alone, that opens up, that, that opens up so much. It opens up the realm of, of revelation knowledge, whereas because of that, God is going to be able to increase your understanding. I think it says in first, is it, it says in 2 Timothy 2 and I think verse 6, give or take a verse. Consider these things and the Lord give you understanding in them. Which means what? When you ponder, when you meditate, when you begin to do that, here comes understanding. Alright? At the beginning, it might not make much sense to you. But then, but then what happens? The Bible says when you keep looking, uh, uh, what does it say in Second Peter? As unto a light in a dark place. Oh, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Okay. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And we will do very well. If we will keep looking at it as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day star arise. Mm. Amen. Until it just explodes. Mm. And then all of a sudden, wow. Wow. Look what I found. But sometimes it's just a sliver of light. Have you ever been in a hotel room somewhere? You're traveling. You go stay in a hotel room. And, you get into, and especially if you've been traveling a lot and you're really tired. But then you wake up in the middle of the night. And you decide you want to go to the washroom or something. And, and for a moment, you kind of think you're still at your house. But then you realize, no, I'm not at my house. But you're in a hotel room. And now you're thinking, where is the washroom? <laughs> right? But you know something? And you're there thinking, well, where is the washroom? But then all of a sudden, bam, here comes a little light through the keyhole. And then all of a sudden, you get oriented. The washroom is over there. A little light shining through. This, and as you look at that light, man, you could make your way. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Philippians chapter 3. Let's begin to wrap this up. Say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. They forgot a right to healing. I have Jesus is the Savior of my body. I'm a member of His body, I'm a member of His body, of His flesh. And his, bones. and his bones. By his stripes, By his stripes. I, were I were healed. I live unto righteousness. I live unto that oneness. His life is my life. His health is my health. As he is, so am I. Right now, salvation is now. Healing is now. Wholeness is now. My spirit is pregnant 
with divine health right now and in the name of Jesus. It is released to flow in every joint, every cell, every organ in my body. That divine healing power flows by the Spirit of God throughout my being and it drives out every sickness, every disease goes in Jesus' name. I am the healer of the Lord. I am redeemed and I say so. I declare by the voice of God I am righteous. I am healed. I am whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, reading from verse 18. For many walk of whom I told you often, and now I tell you weeping, that they are enemies of the cross. They mean they don't like the cross. They and the cross are at war somehow. You're not supposed to be at war with the cross. Are you kidding? <laughs> but let's put it this way. They are enemies of the cross, which is to say they are not, they have not embraced the sacrifice. Amen. Did you get that? They need, you need to embrace the sacrifice. All of it. On whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, and who mind earthly things. Say, that's not me. I mind heavenly things. I'm heavenly minded. I embrace the cross. I embrace the sacrifice. All right. And so it goes on to say in verse 20, for our conversation, our conversation, our way of speaking, our way of being, our conduct, our thinking, our attitudes, our actions, our conversation is in heaven. It's according to heaven. From whence also we are looking for the Savior. We're looking for the Savior. Remember, He's the Savior of what? Our soul. Our body. Body. His soul. We take, I take the soul too. <laughs> but body. Amen. We are looking for the Savior. As I'm having this conversation, my thinking, my attitudes, my speech, in line with heaven, in line with how it is in heaven, in line with how it is in the kingdom of God, in heaven, where I am blessed with what? Every, Every spiritual blessing. What happened? I'm looking for that Savior, the Lord Jesus, who shall change our or my vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Does that sound like divine health right there? Yes. According to the working whereby he, Jesus, is able to subdue all things unto himself. Let me ask you something. Can you imagine Jesus living inside of somebody? And he is. And somehow he can rise up and there's some kind of arthritis. Some kind of cancer, some kind of blood disease, some kind of diabetes trying to run rampant in their body. And Jesus rises up. Does he have the power to subdue whatever it is onto himself? Yes, yes. yes he does. But you see, 
When yourself becomes him, his self, yeah. man, is that ever giving him, him authority? Whoa. When yourself become himself, <laughs> when you become his, when your body is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God as your reasonable service. When it's no longer you, but it's Christ that lives in you. When you come into this place of righteousness that is not me, but it's him. And when, you see, the Bible says, there's a scripture, there's a scripture, I think it's in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I think verse 11 and or 12. Anyway, it says, if you die, this is a faithful saying, by the way. This is a faithful saying. This is a faithful saying. This means this is a confidence in the sacrifice of Christ filled saying. That what? If, if you died with him, you shall also live with him. Amen? So I want to have the life. I got to have the death. Yeah. I want to have the... Huh? What kind of death? Being crucified with him. Crucified. Yes, you were. I have to come back to that. So what happened is... Right? I will come back to it. So what happened is... So it says then... So here, he will make my vile body like his body, manifest his life. He will rise up, subdue, smother, whatever it is that was trying to rebel, and make it obey. But my part is, as I said, myself must become his. I must be presented to him, number one. Pay attention. Number two, I must also have a conversation that is what? In harmony with heaven. What do you mean by Thy will. Resurrection Just say he's got to go and I'm just Two minutes. You can wait. Two minutes. When you, so when your conversation is in line with heaven, you see, but that's why the Bible doesn't say, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No, it's God's will. It's God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it says when you do that, what will happen? He will make your body to be like his glorious body. That's divine health. So at the end of the day, just to learn to walk in righteousness will open up the door to divine health. Right? And, and, and therefore, to let your conversation, let your speaking, let your attitudes be in line with the truth of the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? Amen. We're going to pick that up, expand on it a little later. Um, Jesus' name. Now, what are we talking about? Here's what happened. When Jesus, but that, just to answer your question. When Jesus died on the cross, and then he was buried, 